what would heaven on earth look like? What if it was so purified that a holy God could dwell with man again, which is one of the promises at the end of Revelation? Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. That's like the exclamation point at the end of the story. Yeah. And yet we can miss it like we go up somewhere to the sky. God's like, I'm I'm trying to come down to you. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I've done all this to where we can dwell together on earth the way that I intended. Welcome to Faith Refresh, where we take another look at the Bible passages, beliefs, and other church stuff you've probably heard a million times and find something fresh. Hello, welcome back to episode eight of Faith Refresh. My name is Anson, along with Chaplain Justin. Howdy. We are happy to be back with you for episode eight, where we are going to be talking about heaven and the afterlife. Yes, great topic. It's one of the great questions of human existence, right? Like what happens to us after we die? Yes. And it's one of those mysteries that we can't necessarily answer with 110% certainty in terms of tangible proof because none of us have been there yet. Mm -hmm. But it really is one of the biggest kind of existential questions that we have to Mm -hmm. live and wrestle with is what happens to us when we die. And it's not just a question that impacts our potential future, but it impacts our present as well, right? Like if the answer is that there's nothing Mm -hmm. that probably influences the way we would choose to live out the rest of our days on earth, right? Mm -hmm. Versus if there is an afterlife, if I'm going to be reincarnated or if I'm going to end up in the clouds somewhere, Mm -hmm. or if I'm going to end up in a gray purgatory like place, all of that probably has great implications on how we choose to spend our days. Mm -hmm. So we want to start particularly focusing in on the Christian worldview Mm -hmm. and what we believe about the afterlife, because it's not actually all that clear (laughs) (laughs) at times what we believe about it. You talk to different people in different corners of Christianity, and you may hear some different things. And I think a lot of that, Justin, and you tell me whether you agree with this or not, maybe comes back to the fact that our scriptures aren't necessarily super clear on every aspect of Mm -hmm. the afterlife either. Mm -hmm. It's not like we have a letter from Paul to a church saying, hey, I know you have questions about the afterlife. Let me just lay it all out Mm -hmm. from A to Z exactly how this Mm -hmm. works. I mean, we have some things that Jesus says about it. And then Paul certainly talks a fair bit about our future hope, but it's all kind of in different places Mm -hmm. as opposed to just one simple manuscript. And then you have Revelation there at the end, which... uh, yeah. That just probably confuses it's a lot of us fun. even more. A lot of fun, yeah. <laughs> so it just seems like there's a lot of kind of confusion about what the afterlife entails. And in our eagerness to find answers to those questions, maybe even there are other sources that have kind of rushed in to fill that perceived vacuum mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of information that we have from Scripture about what to expect when mm-hmm. we die. I've heard the phrase folk theology. Okay where you kind of have some biblical truth, and then it just kind of gets mixed up Mm. with common day, passed down folk wisdom, and it kind of mashes up. And then you put it to melody and it becomes a hymn. (laughs) Right, there you go. (laughs) And heaven kind of has that. Canonized it a little bit. Exactly, yeah. And so there are hymns that that kind of give a picture of heaven that may or may not be accurate, you know, and so that can be confusing. I think about Renaissance art. Mm. There's all sorts of potential sources that we could go to for information that, like you said, may or may not be accurate. Yeah, and so you begin to picture like 
Am I just going to fly away somewhere? Or like with the Renaissance art, am I going to float on a cloud? You Are there going to be babies with wings? Am I, yeah. Am I, <laughs> am I going to have an adult body or <laughs> yeah. like, a, you know, an infant body? Like, cherubs. Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then even other world religions and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. some of the influences from those belief systems about mm-hmm. what the afterlife may hold. Concepts of karma or yep. reincarnation. Yes, yeah. Or even just the idea of we pass on to, you know, the astral plane a little bit. Maybe we don't physically exist in the same way we do Mm -hmm. now. We just kind of become one with nature and the universe. And that's even a thought, I think a comforting thought that people who might say they don't even really believe in a higher power Mm -hmm. might be drawn to. Let me ask you this, because there's so many ways that we could go. I'm just curious about for you personally, mm-hmm. maybe when you were younger, you mm-hmm. were growing up, did you have certain ideas as maybe a, a child or even a young adult about what the afterlife might be like? And did those evolve over time? Or kind of what, what was your impression of all of these potential mm-hmm. <laughs> options for what the afterlife may look like? Where did you land on, on yeah, all of that? I think early on, like really early on. Yeah. I'm probably not alone in this, but a big part of it is where I did not want to go. Mm. So mm-hmm. I knew that I didn't want to go to this place called hell. Right. So how can I go to the different place? Yeah. And it's interesting, an author, Randy Alcorn, has this like little section in his book on heaven where he talks about major works of theology. Whereas like they have two volumes, three volumes, Mm. and maybe they don't have a chapter on heaven Mm. (laughs) or two pages on heaven and 87 pages on eternal punishment. (laughs) (laughs) He lines all this out and just saying, "We, we haven't done a good job in this area. And for all that we don't have in scripture about this, there are scriptures about this that yes. we can piece together what it might look like as a starting point. So I didn't have a clear picture of what heaven would really be, except yeah. being with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I had an idea that I would not be alone there. It wouldn't just be the two of us. It right. would be others, Makes you know, sense. like my family or other believers and things like that. Beyond that, I think my main idea was where I didn't want to go. It would it would kind of develop later where I realize, oh, what is this like thing that Jesus prayed uh, about? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. What could that look like? Yeah, you know, I think I probably started from a very similar place. I imagine that's a story for a lot of people of like, okay, well, I know I don't want that, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to go there. I'd rather go to the other place. Mm-hmm. But then, as I started to get a little bit older and ask questions in my own mind about well, what does that place look like beyond the um, basics that you outline? The gaps that my mind filled in, however, weren't necessarily all that attractive either. <laughs> like <laughs> it was more attractive than eternal damnation. Yes. I'll give yeah. you that. There's a scripture in Revelation that talks about we're going to be singing holy, holy, holy for mm-hmm. all of eternity. Mm-hmm. So is it kind of just like going to church mm-hmm. forever? Yeah. <laughs> like we're going to be standing in some robes like a traditional choir and just singing yes until i, I don't know i don't know <laughs> forever when. yeah <laughs> forever seems like a long time yeah, it is. and you know I'm, I'm in seventh grade and sometimes church is kind of boring yeah to be honest and yeah. i would rather go do something else with my time and mm-hmm. so you're telling me we're just we're all going to be up in the clouds or it's going to be wild. like yeah okay maybe i had enough sense to realize we're not all going to be babies you right. know maybe there aren't literal pearly gates mm-hmm. maybe some of these things are just metaphors but in general 
It's going to be kind of shiny and wispy and maybe a little undefined. And we're going to sing a lot. Yeah. You know, and that's about <laughs> so all I much. got. The ironic thing is I, I kind of was left with this impression of like, I'm not sure that sounds so great. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there are maybe a lot of Christians like me who have that kind of impression about heaven and go, yeah, I mean, I guess it's better than the alternative. Yeah. But is that what we really believe about heaven? That it's like, well, at least it's not hell. <laughs> like, yeah, is that exactly. the best we can come up yeah. with? <laughs> yeah. I think if someone invites you to a place and you don't know what you're getting into, <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know if I want to go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or it can feel like boring or am ambivalent toward it or just like apathetic. Or maybe like, well, maybe God will transform me and change my desires to where I think a eternal church service is just the best thing ever. Right, you know? right. But as yeah. we dig into heaven and really look at scripture, when it comes to it, it's like, there's a lot more to it. Mm. And it's worth looking at again and almost reimagining with scripture in mind. Again, Randy Alcorn says to let scripture guide our imaginations. Mm. Heaven is a place in theology that we can really do that, and it's really helpful in not just clarifying our thinking, but give us a reason for living right now, right. you know, in some yeah. direction. And I think, too, like this whole podcast, we're talking about stuff that can kind of be stumbling blocks to mm, us yeah. in our faith. And I think this underdeveloped idea that we often have about the afterlife can truly be a stumbling block because mm -hmm. maybe, okay, as a seventh grader, I can roll with white puffy clouds and golden harps and whatever in the sky. Mm -hmm. But as we mature and we get into adulthood and we really start to think on some of these popular ideas that we have about the afterlife, there's probably a point for a lot of us where we go, yeah, that just doesn't hold up. The Looney Tunes cartoons of yeah. like a, a hell down under the earth with a red imp looking guy with a pitchfork mm -hmm. and the angels up in heaven with the halos like that can't be legit. Yeah, it can right? feel it, like silly or immature. Yeah, yeah or, and it yeah. can turn into a stumbling block, I think, yeah. for our entire faith. And mm -hmm. so having a, a robust understanding of what scripture says about the afterlife is important for that reason. And then again, for what you just stated as well, the implications that that understanding would have mm -hmm. on how we live mm -hmm. day to day. You've already mentioned Randy Alcorn has a mm -hmm. book that's called Just Heaven. Heaven, that, yeah. Yeah. That's a resource that you've pulled uh, mm -hmm. from. I had the privilege over the last few months of helping teach a Sunday school class for high schoolers. We were studying a book called uh, Surprised by Hope by N.T. Wright. I found that to be a really helpful resource as well. So if you're looking to dive deeper later on, those would be a couple great mm -hmm. places to go. Justin and I aren't, you know, reinventing the wheel here. We're pulling from some uh, some really smart <laughs> yeah. men and women who have gone before and studied these things. Right. One of the things that N.T. Wright talks about as kind of these misconceptions we mm -hmm. have about mm -hmm. heaven is we tend to focus a lot on this idea of going up, mm, right? Yeah. That heaven, and this is definitely an idea I had as a kid, like heaven is up there somewhere, yeah. literally vertically, yes. up in the skies mm -hmm. or space somewhere. Then, of course, I got older and realized, well, we've been to space yeah. and it, we didn't find it, yeah. right? So it must not be just physically mm -hmm. up there or Jesus ascended into the clouds, but then then yeah. where did he go? Something else is going right? on. Something yeah. else is going on there beyond just going up. Wright points out Jesus himself and scripture in general spends a lot of time actually talking about coming down. Yes. Jesus coming down, down. to be born mm -hmm. on earth, right? Jesus talks perhaps more than anything else about the kingdom of heaven being at hand and coming, coming down. down to yeah. earth. Yeah. And then Revelation talks a lot about this idea of the new Jerusalem mm -hmm. 
coming down. So just wondering if you had any thoughts on that idea of this focus that we tend to have on being swept away or taken up somewhere. Mm -hmm. Now that tends to focus on us as kind of the primary agent there, like where am I headed? Which is a a logical question to ask from our own perspective, but how scripture really seems to focus more on God and Jesus being the the agents of action mm-hmm. and specifically coming down to us. You know, if you go back before we go forward, God's original intent in creating humanity was to be with them in the garden, right? Mm-hmm. And so sin enters the picture and there's been a fracture in that relationship. There's been a fracture in terms of heaven and earth as well. They're not as united as they once were. Mm. The dwelling place of God and the dwelling place of man have been separated. Mm. So it's not just a personal relationship, even though we focus on that a lot. There's also a realm relationship, Mm. heaven and earth. God in his redemptive work, one scripture says that God is reconciling all things to himself. So he's pulling it all back together. That includes our souls, mind, heart, and Mm -hmm. will. It includes our physical body, our spiritual relationship with God, but also heaven and earth. Yeah. Pulling really the universe together Mm. in harmony and in reconciliation the way it was intended to be. Yeah, that's good. All right. So we've already covered a little bit of some of the misconceptions maybe we've had yeah. or some of the, Stumbling the juvenile or, ideas that yeah. we have about heaven. What do we know? As you mentioned, scripture does speak on the subject. As I mentioned, maybe it's not quite as clear and ordered as we mm-hmm. might like, but there are a number of things that we can know mm-hmm. about God's intention for us after this life. So let's start first with the word heaven Mm. and the concept of heaven. Mm -hmm. What do we know about this place? Heaven is essentially wherever God is, period. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) And so that's a big concept, but it's the dwelling place of God. The word place is very important. If you remember Moses going up on Mount Sinai and he's getting the plans for the tabernacle, God is giving a picture of his holy dwelling Mm -hmm. to give Moses a little blueprint for a tiny little version (laughs) to put in a desert in the middle of his people. Yeah. What does that show? Like that Moses went up to do what? Bring heaven down. Mm. Like that is the pattern over and over again. I would say the foremost example would be Jesus. I don't know if you would agree, but... (laughs) But that's what he, like, that's his prayers. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so if we think about what tore this place apart, tore us apart, which is sin, falling short of the glory of God, then what would it be like for sin to no longer be present, Mm. to be eradicated? Sin, sickness, death. What would heaven on earth look like? What if it was so purified that a holy God could dwell with man again, which is one of the promises at the end of Revelation. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. That's Revelation 21. Mm-hmm. Like That's like the exclamation point at the end of the story. Yeah. And yet we can miss it like we go up somewhere to the sky. God's like, I'm, I'm trying to come down to you. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I've done all this to reconcile all things to myself to where we can dwell together 
on earth the way that I intended yeah. and that I created you to be, I created the earth to be, the universe to be. I think we have to talk about the word resurrection yes, when we're yeah. talking about this. And this is something that I really appreciated that N.T. Wright pointed out in Surprised by Hope. Part of why, as a modern Western reader, we might be a little bit frustrated by the lack of details about the afterlife in Scripture is because the Jewish reader of the Gospels or even of like Paul's letters Mm -hmm. has a lot more context for the Jewish understanding Mm -hmm. of the afterlife Mm -hmm. that maybe we lack. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a key part of that is this idea of resurrection. Yes. Over and over again, we see Jesus, we see the the Pharisees and Sadducees who had different ideas about this. Yes. We see Paul, everyone talking about things like the resurrection of the dead. Mm-hmm. And if you know, like the Apostles' Creed, that might be a familiar phrase to right. you. Right. Foundational. Something that we say, like we believe in the resurrection of the dead. Mm-hmm. I say that at church every Sunday, but I don't know that it was until a few years ago that I maybe actually started to understand mm-hmm. what that actually means. Yeah. Because when we think of resurrection, we think of Jesus, right? Well, Jesus right. resurrected. Yes. Jesus is the resurrected king. And yes, he is. But the resurrection of the dead goes well beyond just Jesus's resurrection. Yeah. He's essentially, I think Paul talks about in another passage, the first fruits of the new creation. Yeah. It's almost like he's leading the way. He's mm. the trailblazer. And when you look at the resurrected Jesus, you're basically looking at our future. Whenever people think about going up to heaven, They're thinking about what theologians would call the intermediate state, which is, yes, when we are away from our bodies, we are present with the Lord. And that's really all we know about it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But that's where maybe some of the ideas of like harps in the clouds kind of comes from where it's ethereal. It's hard to think about it in terms of physicality. Yeah. But the hope of Christianity is that Jesus not only died and rose from the dead to win a spiritual victory, but a physical one. Right. It is a physical thing. The fallenness of all creation is spiritual, but it's also physical. Mm -hmm. And there are physical ramifications for that. And so him raising from the dead is a victory over that physical component Mm. of sin and death and the consequences of that. And so whenever he returns, he's saying, I'm going to resurrect everything. Yeah. You included. And that means we'll have bodies. Right. And that's a good place to start. Yeah. But but there's a lot, whenever we think about earthly life, he is going to resurrect and make all things new and heaven will be a lot more earthly than we might have anticipated. And scripture actually makes that pretty clear. So I think there's two things I want to talk a little bit more about there. One would be what you just ended on. What can we expect this place to be like where we ultimately end up? And then the second, maybe we'll start with this one. What can we expect ourselves to Mm -hmm. be like in the place that we end up. And as you say, this idea that Jesus's resurrection is the trailblazer, the example, Mm -hmm. the foundation of the resurrection of the dead to come, Mm -hmm. we can maybe learn some things about what to expect physically from the resurrected Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? There's some really interesting stories in the gospels about Jesus after his resurrection, appearing to people in rooms that were Mm -hmm. locked 
disappearing from places suddenly, mm-hmm. showing up on a road and walking with a couple of disciples mm-hmm. for seven miles. Right. So some things that kind of make you think like, oh, is this like a ghostly figure? Eating, that, eating with his disciples. Well, yeah. and that's where I was going to. Is yeah. like you, you kind of get this idea from that stuff that it, it might be kind of more of a ghostly apparition oh, type yeah, thing. yeah, I see what you're saying. But then yeah. you have Jesus eating mm-hmm. with his disciples, breaking bread with his disciples, interacting with his physical world. Mm-hmm. Thomas literally putting his hand in Jesus's side. And yeah, the scar. Feeling the scars on his mm-hmm. hands. And mm-hmm. so the uh, gospel writers, it's really an interesting kind of mix, I think, that mm-hmm. they present. A lot of theologians would argue a reason to believe it as truth because it seems so almost crazy to believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. That simultaneously they're saying, yeah, this is a guy who was like physically present and here and yet also was very different in mm-hmm. some ways that we don't quite understand. Mm-hmm. A bunch of the disciples didn't recognize him. Yeah, not what, at first. What yep. was that about? Mm-hmm. Like, is, is, did he look different? We, we don't know mm-hmm. for sure, but it seems like there's a lot of potential clues in Jesus's resurrection mm-hmm. that we might be able to to draw some inferences from. It's so important because theologically, the concept is named discontinuity and continuity. Basically, what that means is like, what is heavenly life going to be like earthly life Mm -hmm. and not like earthly life? With just that one example, you have some of these things are different than what I can do (laughs) and what normal humans could do. And it's fascinating. There's no explanation. It just tells the story. And we're kind of left like there's something different here, something new. And at the same time, He's Jesus, and you could see him and feel him and eat with him. Mm -hmm. And so that also tells us that the resurrection is going to be a lot like earthly life in our physical bodies, but also there's going to be some really good discontinuity, some very good things that we have not experienced yet that Jesus is planning on giving us. One of the other crucial things we can take from this idea of resurrection is that it's not an annihilation of what we currently are. Right. right? Transformation. Like Jesus, Jesus wasn't like a, a pterodactyl or some like <laughs> completely <laughs> yeah. different species. Yeah, like he was a, human. Yeah. You know, the resurrection still like bore a resemblance to who we are today. Mm-hmm. And so it seems to be more about the redemption of all things that includes our current bodies. Mm-hmm. There's so many good things to think about. That central concept of what would life look like without sin, without sickness, without death? You just take those three things. Man, wouldn't it be amazing if my desires were made whole and I wasn't fighting and wrestling with myself all the time? Mm. I desired the good thing. I did the good thing all the time. Yeah. (laughs) What freedom. Mm. Like just that one piece of it. Mm. Joni Erickson Tata says this, somewhere in my broken paralyzed body is the seed of what I shall become. The image I'll see will be unmistakably me, although a much better, brighter me. She suffered a terrible spine injury and has been confined to a wheelchair, Mm. you know, the bulk of her adult life. And so whenever she anticipates heaven, she is anticipating the resurrection of her body, Mm. right? Yeah. She's kind of a special example to us. But all of us can have that longing that he is going to make us new inside and out, spiritually and physically. And that's something to look forward to. Mm. So that's a little bit on what we can know about who we are to be. Mm, yeah. What can we know about where we are to be? <laughs> you kind of hinted at this. You you mentioned this kind of like idea of an intermediate state. Right. And this may be a new concept totally. to a lot of people. Yes. Because we, I think a lot of us, I, I certainly did at one point, we kind of just thought about like, okay, I die and go to heaven. And that's, and that's the end of the story. Right. Jesus tells the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. And then later on... 
there's all this talk about the resurrection of the dead and everything mm-hmm. in Revelation and New Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like, I mean, yes, present with the Lord today in paradise, but that's not the end of the story. Mm-mm. So if you were to think of the intermediate state that, again, the, the main scripture is this scripture that says that to be away from the body is to be present with the Lord, but we are still longing for something more. Mm. So we will not be in this like um, completed state in this quote unquote intermediate state. Essentially, we will be longing for this reconnection with our physical body without sin, without sickness, without death. And God, this dwelling place of God is is now the dwelling place with man. He's going to bring us all down and reconnect everything. New heavens and new earth. New earth earth is, yeah. yeah. And I like to say heaven on earth, Mm. like there is the new heavens, the new earth, very biblical language, but it can still get lost. There's so many people that still are just like, I don't know about all this, you know, like (laughs) he is bringing all of what heaven is, all that perfection on earth and renewing everything. Randy Alcorn, like, I just love like this list that he lists off is if we think about heaven on earth, what it might look like, what Mm -hmm. it might include, cities, buildings, culture, art, music, athletics, goods and services, events, people, activities, gatherings, conversations, work, rest, territories, rulers, national interests, pride in their identity, citizens, both diverse and unified, Mm. atmosphere, mountains, water, trees, people, houses, streets. He just goes on and on. And it uses scripture to stoke our imagination and saying, what if everything was made right on earth? Mm. What would that be like? What would air, whenever we breathe it, what would the sensation be like? Yeah. Or a waterfall or mountains, what could they look like? Mm. Or like, finally, politics (laughs) redeemed. Imagine that. You know, like rulers and leaders governing in ways that are true and good and beautiful Mm. all the time, where we will be happy to work with each other on these different things and explore creation. There'll be endeavors, things to do, things to enjoy together. And so that would be the main exercise is to think about, man, what... What would heaven and earth look like and feel like and be like? And to let our imaginations run with, not call it scripture, yeah, but use scripture as a safe kind of starting block to let our imaginations run and look forward to heaven on earth and what that'll look like together. Yeah. And I think if we really stop and start to think about how it runs parallel to what we were just talking about, this idea that our physical bodies are not meant for annihilation. Yes. They're yeah. meant for redemption. Mm-hmm. Why would the rest of creation be any different? Mm-hmm. God didn't just create trees to ultimately decide that they were worthless and stupid and nope. no longer needed. Mm-hmm. God's creation is good. Why wouldn't all of these things that you just listed off continue to play a role in our eternal life in our eternal place. I'd love to give an example uh, with my boys. So we were having lunch. Gideon, my my oldest, just like, you know, daddy, whenever Jesus returns and makes all things new, that's the way we talk about it. Yeah. He's just like, there won't be any death anymore. I was like, yeah, that's true. So will the trees turn colors in the fall? Mm. Because they have to die for that to happen. I was like, oh, that's a very good question. You know, let's yeah, think about it. Yeah. And again, we're using scripture to kind of stoke our imagination. I was like, what if they didn't have to die to turn colors? Mm. What if trees that have fall colors always had those colors? And you had evergreens and you had these fall colored trees. Maybe there are colors we've never even seen before that we're going to see. Yeah. What if God could turn them on and off? What if we can turn them on and off? 
we just let our imagination go of just like, what would this be like without the death part? Mm. And so something as simple as that, we just talked about it, and we were looking forward to what that could be like. Yeah. What God dwelling with us and making all things new would be like. And I think there's just something, there's at least something within me where that just like clicks into place with my like soul and my longing. This is what like, we're meant for. Right. That sounds like heaven yes. to me, <laughs> not the eternal church service. Not that we won't be going to church in our afterlife, but I think as you start to like ponder those things, the... Uh, the joy that like wells up in me mm -hmm, uh, as mm -hmm. I do those imaginative exercises yeah. is immense and, and powerful. Every, every bit of life, our thinking, our feeling, our doing will be worship. Mm. It will be aligned with God. So if we stop and sing for a thousand years, good, you know? <laughs> yeah. But if we travel from one place to another to explore the earth that God's renewed, that's yeah. worship too. Yeah. And we might even sing while we're there. Like, I don't, you know, yeah. um, Augustine has this great, as he's picturing heaven, he was like, love God and do as you please. <laughs> mm. And it'll be like that. Yeah. And so whatever we're doing, um, big things and little things and everything in between, including things that strike us as churchy or not, will be worship. Everything will be sacred. Yes. Yeah. Everything will be reconciled. It'll all be good with God. We'll be good forever. Nothing will, will separate us or tear at that relationship or one another ever again. All right. So let me end us uh, okay. on one big question here. So what? <laughs> <laughs> the age old question. Yeah. Uh, in a non-snarky way. Yeah. Yeah. Why does all of this matter? Mm -hmm. It's not right now. We're talking about things to come. And yet I, I think I've even already let it slip a couple of times as we've been talking. Mm -hmm. that I, I think this actually has some major implications for the way that we live our lives right now. What are just a few of those implications that mm -hmm. stand out to you? What what was uh, N.T. Wright's book, the name of it? Surprised by Hope. Hope. So what I just said is like, when I was talking with my boys, there's something that wells up in us, like we were meant for that, and I look forward to it. Mm. I have hope. I have a reason to get up out of bed in the morning. Yes. And when life is hard here and, and now, whenever I'm struggling with maybe the winter, quote unquote, seasons of life, mm -hmm. I am looking forward to that day. Yeah. And that'll propel me forward. C.S. Lewis has this great quote, Christian pilgrims have the best of both worlds. We have joy whenever this world reminds us of the next, and we take solace whenever it does not. So not only hope, but comfort. One other thing that I think about when it comes to the implications that these ideas yeah. have for us in our current living is that if redemption and resurrection is the ultimate goal, that means that the places that we are, the people that we are, uh, all of these ideas that you just talked about, everything from geographical mm -hmm. things to cultural things, yes, if yeah. all of that remains, to me, that means, wow, there is so much value in playing a role in like the active sanctification of those things like mm -hmm. right here mm -hmm. and now what we do right now matters yes. right and I, I think one big danger of this more traditional idea that we've had that you know heaven is this place that will be whisked away to and you know the earth is going to burn the main thing we got to do is save people's souls so that jesus can whisk him away when the rapture comes or whatever as opposed to saying no like there's there's good work to do in our world mm -hmm. right now, mm -hmm. not necessarily on my own or through my own power, but if God is redeeming the world and I'm part of the world, then I'm, I'm part of this process. And it, it's 
it's ongoing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And Jesus is very clear about it. Like he says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like mm-hmm. it's here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and as you pointed out, he wasn't talking about some faraway place in the clouds. Mm-hmm. He was saying like the presence of God is, is here. here. It's on. That means it's on for us as yeah. little Christ, as children of God. Mm-hmm. Like we have a role to play right here and now for preparing mm-hmm. for this new creation, right? Yeah, like uh, Christ said, he's gone to prepare a place for us, but he's also preparing us for that place. Mm-hmm. We want to grow toward heaven the way that Christ is preparing heaven for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I love that idea of, of desiring the good and doing the good and enjoying it and well, we could practice now. Yeah. You know, we will fall short. We will have to kind of restart and ask for God's help again and again. Yeah. But why don't we practice for heaven? Yeah. Why don't we anticipate it? A good exercise might be, okay, here's my apartment complex. Here's my neighborhood, whatever it is. Here's my downtown area. I love to hang out. What would heaven look like here? Mm. And how can I be a a part of the reflection of that. Mm-hmm. How can I step into that place and sanctify it in the sense of make it more heavenly yeah. than it was before? It could be something as simple as maybe there's a lot of like trash to be a part of cleaning that up, making it look better. Why? Because I'm looking forward to heaven and this is just a little bit cleaner now. Yeah. than it was before. And that gives me a picture of what it could be like. And it also could start up conversations. N.T. Wright uses the word anticipatory. Mm, mm-hmm. And he says we should be anticipatory. And there's two components to that. The first component is kind of the obvious one. There's something to anticipate, right? Yep. Look forward there's, to. There's a future hope. Yeah, hope. But the second part of that is if we're anticipating something, that means we're also doing something right now. If you think about like uh, anticipating your family coming over Mm, to visit. Kind of preparation. Your cousins are coming, right? What are you going to do? You're going to get ready. Yes. Right. right. We're going to make food. We're going to clean the house. Mm -hmm. We're going to put up the decorations. We have a lot of work to do because we're anticipating something coming. Mm -hmm. So there's that future hope, but also that present mission that that future hope gives us. Yes. And yeah. I think that word anticipation sums that up really well. Yeah. And if you want something a little more like practical, even uh, Wright talks about kind of three major categories that we can do that in one would be justice, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like taking care of those uh, who uh, have faced injustice. Yeah. Writing wrong world. Right. Yeah. Uh, beauty. You talked about picking up trash, taking yeah, care making of creation, yeah. uh, making music, making art. Yeah. Like that's another way to do it. And then evangelism, obviously mm-hmm. sharing the hope of Jesus with as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hopefully like this discussion of new heavens and new earth, like we might be going to a place we want to invite others yeah, to join us. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe before it's just like, I don't know if I really want to, you know, go there and invite anybody. <laughs> uh, but hopefully by the end of this and, you know, scripture itself and the books we mentioned, you know, Heaven by Randy Alcorn and Surprised by Hope by N.T. Wright, give a lot more um, kind of fuel for this fire and this passion and just our, our imagination to look forward to heaven and like you're saying, evangelism and witness say like, join me. I'd right. really love, I would love, <laughs> love, love for you to be there. Thanks for listening to Faith Refresh. You can find more Real FM pods and tons of other cool stuff on the Real FM app and at real.fm.
Faith Refresh is hosted by Justin Rusinowski, and I'm Anson Beyer. If you enjoyed the show, please consider writing a review on your platform of choice. It will help others to discover the podcast and listen for themselves. Faith Refresh is a part of the Real FM Podcast Network, a ministry of John Brown University.